1: don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OzBiz. Great to have you company for the next 60 minutes or so with uh, my favorite part of the day and I've, I've got to say my favorite panel. On, on the call. Yes, well, I'm going to pick I a idea. favourite, but I do say this most. No, I don't. Um, uh, <laughs> Gaurav Saidi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see I you. I do, but I bet you say that to everyone. Uh, yes, goes. no, I do. I <laughs> yeah. do, because I know none of you watch during the week anyhow. Nathan <laughs> Darren from yeah. Deep uh, Data Analytics. Nathan, good to see you good guys. Oh, and are you nervous with markets at the moment and what, what bond markets are telling us? It's worthwhile paying attention, but I think
0: I'd be more nervous if no one else is paying attention and everyone's all Ah. over this. You can barely open any page of text in the world without people talking about the bond market. So I think it's pretty well understood, pretty well priced. It does have um, severe implications for Mm. this tech boom we have. And and I think we're, I've I've been saying it for a while, we are in a very clear bubble uh, in a certain part of the market and this is probably one step closer towards pricking that bubble. Um, but we don't. I don't have any real right. involvement in that part of the market, so I'm not that concerned about it. Okay. There are still lots of opportunities out there.
1: Yeah,
0: Nathan?
2: Yeah, look, I mean, it's, it's a reporting season, so it's actually opened up a lot of new ideas, uh, I have to say, going in. Um, I mean, I've been bearish for a while, Yep. Uh, we've been talking about bond yields for yep. a while, so it's just actually funny that everyone talks about inflation yeah, inflation. But yeah. eight <laughs> months after we started <laughs> yeah, pricing yeah, it in, mm, so yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, I think it has huge implications. I think the cycle has turned. Um, I'll give you a basic stats, I'm uh, uh, yeah, full, full yeah. of upsets, that. Yeah. Um, so we've had three consecutive months of positive returns, but aggregate less than 3% for the three months, mm. right? The last time that happened was the start of 2011, and then we had six negative months. Mm. Right? Ooh, good stat. It's actually the same thing that's playing out where the market thinks there's reflation, prices are rising, there's no wages growth, but you had a fair amount of stimulus get thrown out and then kept the
1: the dream going.
2: Now, and then we ran into the recovery cycle and so forth. So you do have these cycles. Um, I think this is interesting because this is unique in the context that it's not driven by, because we always see most of the other reflation cycles driven by wages growth expectations, job market strength, recovery, blah, blah. The recovery cycle's been on for a year. Everyone's yep. priced that in, the V-shaped recovery. What we're seeing is price inflation. It's a cost inflation. Cost inflation is not gonna go away. Even yeah. if you print money, it's not gonna go away. It actually makes it worse. Yep. So you actually have inflation rising before the real inflation comes in. So if you get spending inflation come on top, it'll go hyper. Right. So it's a unique situation where they're playing with fire. And history is, almost guarantees you when they do that, they get burned. Yep, yep. And so it is an interesting one. But I, I look, I, I think it's a great time to be in the markets because yep. you got nowhere else to go. And you know, if you do it properly and you manage your risk, there's returns for you. We have
1: an investment manager on Ausfus Friday who said, uh, we're at the start of the equivalent of the roaring 20s. And I said, great. I remember what happened (laughs) at the end of the 20s. I I hope that doesn't come and we get
0: a depression. Um, I'm always careful about those big proclamations. I mean, we always have to be careful. What we're trying to do is divine the future, and there's no way to do that other than in thinking in probabilistic terms. Once you start thinking in certainties, they're certain to be wrong.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, going to be fascinated with the Reserve Bank board meeting tomorrow tomorrow what they say on interest rates after not that long ago saying go out and borrow we're not going to put interest rates up till 2024 yeah, well, well bond markets are saying well no, nah, you're going to be doing it Yeah, that is that. interesting well i
2: yeah. threw out it uh, qe on friday yeah this morning they threw it out even more uh, that's why you saw a 20 basis point drop in the aussie 10 year yeah but look it's literally standing there with a hose in front of a bushfire yeah. Um, it's what ha- what's happening with the Fed, ECB, BOJ. If those boys, if one of them's not
0: going to step up, yeah. I think the bond yields keep climbing. I think one of these days, Methen has to publish his book of analogies. <laughs> <laughs> he seems to have yeah, a new one every yeah, agree.
1: They're classic. All right, let's get um, stuck into it. My stock of the day that I choose before we get into your 10. Cinema Group Vista results reporting a full year loss after tax, 56 million New Zealand do- dollars. They're sort of a tech business management business in the cinema business and massively hurt by the lockdowns as you can imagine. Last year it was a $13 million profit. Company says it's confident the cinema experience will rebound at some point during the year and it's in good shape to help lead that rebound. Uh, Nathan, what do you think of Vista?
2: Uh, look, I, I love the stock. I'm not gonna buy it right now, but I love yeah. the stock. I think it's, it's probably, I always look at, you know, the Altiums and the Appens, everyone, didn't know about it about three four years ago. Now everyone knows about it. It's yeah, a standard yeah. play. It's probably the two best ones, and they're worth getting hammered. Um, the next two that I think are potential are Ordinate
0: and Vista Group. Yeah, better have Ordinate on that list. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Ordinate no. and Vista Group. It's always been for the last year or so for me. They're the the main plays. Now Ordinate's done really well, even despite the market. Vista Group's obvious. You knew that when cinemas yeah. are closed, they're going to get hit. Uh, but it's a very good model. It's a global model. It's a proven model. People are paying insane prices for tech stocks, which haven't proven their model or haven't got to a, mm. where, a state where you can see what they're going to do. Mr. Group, you you know what they could do. I mean, the original. I, I wanted to get on it, but it got it up so much. I think the first round it got to five, six dollars. Yeah. Granted that it's issued a lot of capital since then, so don't expect it to go back there. But it's still very cheap. Um, it got down to a dollar, dollar ten on yeah. the pullback. Yeah. We bought the crap out of it. Um, and it ran back up, um, got to two bucks, and then it came, I think, 182 bucks, and then it came back again. Again, is the result anything that we didn't expect? No, it's a yeah. tough time. It's going through the macro. You know, it's, it's, a, it's just Would a great time Would you buy stock. it down
1: now on your lows? Uh, look,
2: lows. the problem with that is it's, it's considered a tech stock. So right. you're in an environment where people are scared to buy tech stocks, right. and you're not in a hurry to buy Vista Group at the moment because there isn't, you know, you're yeah. going to Auckland now, going into a week of lockdown. This is a new, Again, this is a New Zealand tech. Don't care what. If it's a New Zealand tech, you should look at yeah, right? it, right? So this has got everything going for it. It's just the macro is bad. I'd say, look, if you're looking at over 12 months, I probably think you're going to get it a bit cheaper because right. it's had a few downgrades. And I always say, don't buy the downgrade cycle. And, you know, if the market gets pulled back, which I think it's going to happen in the next couple of months, then this will come off a bit and that'll give you the buying opportunity. Okay. But it'll be choppy for the next year.
0: It's Um. a buy for me, we we own Vista. Actually, Nathan was the inspiration behind the idea. He was bugging me about it for ages and I finally had a look at it and then we we now own it in the portfolios.
1: And you're sticking to it? Oh yes. And he's bailed.
0: Well, I think he's being a mind bit mind. Uh, cautious, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He's an, a classic example of a narrative mismatch. Um, yeah. The narrative being thrown by the market is that the cinema industry is has been disrupted, mm. that movies will be uh, released on streaming services alongside with, with cinema chains. Yeah. Cinemas are bleeding all over the world. It's, one, it's been one of the worst impacted areas um, because of COVID. But look past COVID, and I think we are now certainly getting over this. We are now at the tail end of this pandemic. Um, there is no question about that. The case numbers are, are dramatically declining all over the world. The efficacy of the vaccines is unquestionable. Um, even the variants, it looks like there's easy ways to deal with that. Yeah. Um, in, in China, um, where things have reopened a lot more, uh, cinema had its biggest month ever that's in right. January. Wow! And that's largely mm-hmm. driven by Chinese made content um, the American mm-hmm. studios are now pumping out their content again. Marvel has released their, their new, but a dozen new um, new movies slated for release um, exclusively to theaters. Cinema is not dead. I, I yep. think cinema is coming back. I'm very interested in events as well. I think that's worth looking at because they own a very profitable cinema business. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is another way to get exposure to that. Look, I actually don't think it's a great business. I think it's an above average business only. Uh, growth is limited. They already have 50% market share, mm. but the price is extremely attractive. Um, right. I think this is probably worth 3 to $4 and, um, right. and you okay. get it at a very good price. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a well-run business as well. I, I just think it's caught in a narrative mismatch.
1: Yep. All right, let's get into the uh, 10 stocks that you want us to have a look at. Um, Nick wants a view on Monodelphus, the big engineering Infrastructure Group, uh, Services Group, uh, Australia, New Zealand, China, Papua New Guinea. Gorev, um, you're not usually a fan of these sorts of No, good memory. So, I, <laughs> I don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the beans for okay. yeah, Well, and yourself. also I was reading their EPS has shrunk 19% a year over the past five years. So it yeah. hasn't been a massive performer.
0: There is a time in the market to buy these stocks, but it's, in the, it's at the death. Yeah, Uh, it's at the. It's when no one wants to look at commodities, Um, but even then, look. I think there has been a permanent change for these contracting businesses, Mm -hmm. because for the last forty years, miners have been they've been obsessed with one thing, which is volume expansion. And over the last maybe five years, the miners have been run by accountants. Return on capital has become the most important part of the equation. They're squeezing their suppliers really hard. They're not pushing out new projects. They have become a lot more disciplined. And that means less work and more importantly, lower margins for these for the entire supply industry. And I, and I don't think that's a cyclical thing. I think that's a permanent change to the way miners are run and consequently a permanent change to the profitability of the engineering businesses. Monodelphus is traditionally considered the best of them. I agree, management's actually very good, uh, run the business very well. Um, very it's difficult to say a bad thing about them but this is a blue collar hiring business Mm. Uh, you know they have labor and they earn a small margin on top of every labor person they can contract out it's not a great business i'm not interested in buying this there will be a time in the cycle where these (coughs) things get interesting but this is almost too good to buy at that point of the cycle at that when everything is 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 falling and no one wants to look at this i would rather go to the worst part of that side, buy something that has a bit of debt, is a little bit nasty and a bit smelly, um, because that's when you're gonna get really explosive upside. Mm, okay. um, so for me, this doesn't really fit my my strategy. Okay. Yeah, sadly, I have to agree. Uh, I think the,
1: the <laughs> it's, it's- Well, a sadly, a for the company yeah, and investors, yeah, okay. or sadly, because you've got to- ingri- uh, we, we know everyone, which one it everyone is. everyone agree with myself.
2: I look, it's, you know, we've talked about, it. I mean, it actually, the sector came up pretty well on our models a <clears> couple of months ago, but the funny part is this, there wasn't any stocks there's only a few that stand out, uh, and they've already had huge runs. And you go, well, they're not cheap anymore. Like the Seven Group was one of the leading ones in that sector, and it just went bang. Yeah. And all of these things then got the sentiment and ran on it. But the numbers don't quite add up. And grove's exactly right. The margins, and I always refer to that article when t- truck drivers were earning two hundred thousand dollars. That was a peak in mining services. Yeah. You're never going to go back to that. Yeah. It's like brokers thinking that we're going to get 80s and 90s back. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So in that context. I think the easier part of the sector is done now you're in this tough part where you're getting low margin projects and you're trying to get lots of projects just to survive so you get into this cycle of locking in as many as you can and that kind of keeps your margins and profits down for a long time and then you try and win a few and then you've got to cycle through so by the time you cycle through that cycle's finished and then you fall back again now capex is one of the main things that we follow all the out of the big miners Mm. and funnily enough the last couple of months that started to tip off Mm. and now it's actually collapsed so the Well, CapEx growth outlook has actually come off dramatically. Even though profits have exploded. Exactly. So from FY1 to FY2, it's actually really come off, which I was surprised as well. So it was one of our sector peaks a couple of months ago, but that's, you know, I think that was the third peak and then now insurance has taken over because of the reflation. So that's actually fallen off. So again, that macro numbers actually match Mm -hmm. that. So again, I think you're coming late to the cycle. It's a tough cycle. It's just, yeah, I
0: wouldn't be there. There are some really good... Businesses in this sector. We talk about this all the time, but I, I think um, Minres, Mineral Resources, yes. yeah. is one of the great Australian businesses. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why more people don't own this. It is a wonderful business. Inside it Minres. It's a lot
1: different to Mondo Delphus. Like yeah. Very big. Completely, yeah, it's, completely it's different. Completely
0: it's, different. Not, yeah. it's not uh, cheap. Uh, Look, I actually think it's reasonably priced. I don't think it's overly expensive. The other
2: thing that I think what keeps Minres always relatively well supported is if you're playing the iron ore game. Yeah. Minres is the only way to get that exposure if you're a small cap funder. Because all of them are large cap, Minres is the only way to get the small cap player to buy into it, unless you buy really small ones. So it ends up being, and also you get the play on a few others like, you know, and so forth. uh, We've always, we've discussed this. The CEO is a bit out there. Uh, You either love him or hate him. I don't (laughs) mind It's numbers and numbers, Um, he's done well. Uh, But yeah, it always looks expensive, hard to get. By the way, just quickly, VGL, if you want to put it in the portfolio, I'll back a buy. Even you though I think, back it, yeah, I think it might go lower, but I think it's, it's worth, it's, it's worth the buy here on the
0: value. There you mm-hmm. go. Okay. Talked him across. Gee, Shamed yes. him into it, I think.
1: Uh, uh, oh, no, know, well, I've always been a fan. He's actually, so. he's actually taken another stop to think about it. So, <laughs> he's been talking about Minodil- <laughs> uh, Monadelfa, Monodelfra I said he's been going through his mind. Right? No, I, okay, I can, I, I can see the connection, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. Below,
2: I think around these levels, yeah, yeah. you might, you might get okay.
1: a 10, 15% lower. You just don't want to miss that. All right. Now, Anthony wants a view on Euro manganese. I must admit, I've never heard of it and looked it up and I thought it's probably the reason why. Yeah. Uh, Canadian public co- company uh, focused on development of new high purity manganese production through its facility in the Czech Republic. I thought, gee, that's a complicated, yeah. complicated yeah, yeah. story to tell when you're listed on the Australian market. Yes.
2: Maybe. Yes, sadly, I've actually heard about this one. Um, uh, we had uh, one of our, my contacts actually talk about this for a while. Um, oh. Yes, I've, um, I've been to Prague. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I always got an issue with European mining projects, yep. they tend to take a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. and i get a lot more gray hairs before these things get done right. I, I know a number of projects where guys have backed it and they still haven't got the approval so right. this can go on for a long time it's an interesting um, commodity um and of course you know when, you, when you've got big brokers suddenly jumping in late on the cycle calling it a super cycle everyone wants to find every commodity and jump on it yep. so that kind of makes sense but as you just said canadian in check a project that's oh at man. the start you're trying to get it's been pumped up it's had a good run Yep. It's, it's, it looks like a great dream, right? You just get out before it becomes a nightmare. Right. Um, these projects, when, when in the early stages, everyone gets excited, commodity cycle, blah, blah. Then you get into these delays and cash burn yeah. and cap raisings, and that's the the risk in this. Right. So I think it's a good thematic. I'm not sure that management is that good that I'm going to back it. So in that context, and also history of European
0: miners, just tough. Yeah. I'd also... I. I'd this, this is a great example of a, a story stock, if ever I saw one. Mm. I, I recommend everyone who's interested in this, go and have a look at the latest presentation. 80% of that presentation is about narrative. Electric cars are taking off. Manganese is needed in batteries. Batteries are taking off. Guess what? We mine manganese. There's nothing in there about the project. There is nothing. They, have no, um, they, they don't have uh, numbers on their resource. They don't have a mining plan. They're not even permitted. They haven't done a, off, any off takes. They don't have finance. I bet the
1: only state I mean, is their addressable market. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Whenever I see that in a yeah. Yeah. global addressable market. If, go. if I no, I'm get point or five percent, I'm yeah. A
0: So what? What exactly is the investment thesis here? All you're yeah. doing is listening to a story from a bunch of guys in Canada and, and believing everything they're saying. Yeah. South Thirty Two has the yes. largest and lowest cost manganese portfolio in the world. Right. I think it's currently underpriced. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're desperate to buy manganese, go buy that. Um, and and yeah. one of the best management teams in global mining, Great balance sheet. Um, yeah. net cash, uh, they need to spend some money on the resource, but they have a part of billions. They have and and they're the biggest that. silver
1: yeah. producer, if everyone
0: wants to yes, wrap that's on right. silver. Which yeah, no one yeah. seems no to one one remember. Yeah, Cannington yeah. yeah, yeah, is the world's biggest sing- yeah. although that's in decline
1: now. Yeah. So yeah. All right, Anthony, there you go. That's the Thanks. view of Maiton and gorab South 32 if you Want to get into that sort of stuff? Uh, those commodity better option. Uh, Lena wants a view on Newcrest Mining, uh, one of our Australia's biggest gold miner. Um, pretty good half yearly report. I've uh, got approval for uh, what is it? The Red Chris mine in Canada.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, it's been years since we've had a really good deep dive into Newcrest. It's a company that's always divided me because, on the one hand, I think this is operationally one of the best miner, or best gold miners in the world. These guys run a portfolio of the most complex mining projects you will find. Lahir is one of their largest assets. Lahir is a, is a giant refractory Gold mine inside an active m- volcano in Papua New Guinea. New Guinea yeah. uh, the ore is the gold is trapped into the ore. It needs acid leaching. It needs a whole heap of processing to get out. It's it's bedeviled miners for 20 years, and it looks like Newcrest is actually making some progress with that mm. mine. Um, it spent 20 billion dollars on the acquisition. I think Lahia is probably only worth two billion or so at best. But regardless, uh, operationally, these guys are really good. Um, they pioneered block caving, which is kind of upside down mining in Cadia, which is in New South Wales, a giant gold mine. They go underneath the ore body, collapse it from the bottom, and that way they don't have to do a lot of um, open surface digging. Um, great stuff, very low. I think they have a negative, because they have copper in the ore, they have a negative um, cost. I think it, they actually generate um, wow. positive uh um, I think it cost them positive $300 a $300 a ton or something for taking the uh, the gold out. It's, yeah. it's a great mine. Telfer in WA, in, again, refractory ore in the middle of nowhere. You need to power that thing, incredibly complicated. They've got this thing in Indonesia where you have to chase individual veins of gold. Look, they, this is a very... Complex mining uh, operation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I go seem to go for the hardest. They, thi- possible. This is my problem with <laughs>
0: them. These are a great bunch of engineers, and yep. I think management's actually quite good here. Um, but they, they just love these overly complicated mining operations. There is a wonderful gold business inside Newcrest. If they, if they just kept Cadia, maybe some of their Papua New Guinean stuff, and this thing in Canada. If they kept that and sold the rest. I, this would be a buy for me. There's that, those uh-huh. are wonderful assets. They're just disguised by these really complicated assets. And I get the feeling that management is so proud of their technical achievements, they forget that they're mining for financial results. Right. Um, and I don't think you can ever mm. get wonderful outcomes out of Newcrest while you have these the very points. complex um, assets yeah. in there. So, I mean, we've I've, I've written this for years that I think they should split this company up, keep those handful of very high quality assets. You've got great management, you've got great engineers working here. Right. You have the makings of a very good gold miner. Okay. I'm going to say hold for now. Um, right. I don't think they're going to entertain the idea, but someone might do it for them.
1: Mm.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're they're the best at managing on the numbers. They, they, you know, I classify <laughs> they them do their best to hide it. I know, they? but <laughs> they do uh, classify them as you know, every so often they find dead bodies. Right. Uh, you mm. always, you just, when they downgrade, you go, oh, yeah. I'm not shocked. Uh, so uh, you get this every yeah, so. It's a
0: result of complexity. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I'm sympathetic. So yeah, mm.
2: as a fundamental analyst, you like mm. you can you can understand that. As an investor, for me, I just go, why would I bother? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's probably the right response. Actually, every six months mm. you're going to wake up and go, oh, God damn it, not again. i again. <laughs> and so it is one of those things where you go, why? Um, it's big. So it's the biggest gold player in our market. Yeah. So on the ETF side of things, when ETFs want to buy back, which is what's happening, you get that uh, getting a decent support, big fund managers, easier to buy into. Those are the uh, obvious advantages. But now there is actually an option. Before there wasn't too many options. Now you've got Northern Star and Saracen have merged. Mm-hmm. Now that's a big boy. Yeah. So you do have an option. It has come back with all the others mm-hmm. you know, on the pure that's concept true. that you got spot gold came back and yeah. Aussie dollar ran up. Yep. now Aussie dollar was 80 cents now it's 77 cents it's collapsing alright yep. so in that context Aussie dollar spot gold is actually holding up even though gold is falling all commodities are falling but Aussie dollar gold is actually flat over right. the last week yeah so it's actually holding up relatively well so I'd expect gold prices gold stocks to hold up but Newcrest is not my best pick if I was going to go for a big safe good management everything just go with Northern Star yeah. uh, because Good management. They've done well. They did well in the last bad cycle. They bought assets. They merged two good businesses together. Um, yes, they, you know, they're probably overly um, aligned to Australian mines. But hey, that's not a bad thing mm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <coughs> in time, they could more go around because they've got such a massive balance sheet. They could go around and buy something else. So, yep. in that context, I, I'd be backing Northern Star because your discount to the from the previous eye is pretty similar. Yep. These guys find less dead bodies.
1: Okay all right there you go Lena. thank you for that um Nathan, tanya wants a view on domino's uh pizzas you talk about flamboyant chief executives a bit yeah. earlier yeah Here, here's me, another one you me, either love or hate don yeah but
2: uh, look i don't mind don don't i'll start with saying he's not a tech business <laughs> <laughs> i
1: was about to say <laughs> is it a tech business yeah, no nah, okay. no it's not a tech business
2: um, <laughs> It has elements of tech, and Gura would have lost the plot if I said his. <laughs> <laughs> and it trades a bit like that. But look, mm-hmm. credit is where credit is due, yeah. and the guy has bought stuff, parts of the world where I thought, what the hell? He went and bought Japanese business, and said, you're going to sell pizza to Japanese? How's that yeah. going to work out? Yeah. And you know what? It did. And he went and bought European side, and you know, lockdown. Yeah, maybe the timing was just worked out perfectly for him. Uh, and they keep getting into lockdowns it's worked well for them and they're doing well and you know even when I and my kids like pizza and when we get pizza you go there and have a look around how Domino's does things their staff numbers are like declining per it's like one or two kids sitting there running the whole thing
0: you know it's cost is very low
2: it's exactly so you know it's done as well as it could be and I I got no complaints yes remove the uh, the the guy from it it's a bit like Minres, some people don't like him just remove that part it is good at what it does. Yeah. It's not a tech business, but it is good at what it does. So, um, would I I'm be? I've got a mate who owns a few. Yeah.
1: And he showed me the app as an owner, real time. Yes. Selling pizzas, uh, the yield on each pizza, wow. pizza that's coming in, and if it, it, he's got half a dozen stores, um, and it shows how hard the staff are working, and he just switches them from one store to the other if one's doing better on that particular day or they've got a rush or whatever, they're all in the same geography. So this app, I yeah. couldn't believe what it told yeah, me. Look at
2: they do in use real t- time, I'll tell you another technology stock. If you want technology in Domino's, you can buy this one, Dragon Tail DTS. Oh, hmm. It's monitoring food, Someone so told the pizza. Me that, that the yeah, AI. so it's it's not it hasn't done great, but of course with lockdowns and all that, it's, all these things are affected. But it's is a rollout story. It is DT, um, oh. DTS from hmm. memory, yeah. uh, and it's basically uh, image processing, looking at how with the quality of the food, everything, and tells them, and you know, it's, yeah. it's great. So if you want a technology, that's the kind of thing. But they yeah. have appreciated technology; they've added it quite, yeah. quite well. So yeah. I think it's a great stock. Uh, I wouldn't be chasing it here. Uh, I think yeah. it's had a great run. Uh, I can see mm-hmm. why. Uh, but it's not one to chase here.
0: Okay. I love this business. Uh, we own it. Um, we actually bought it under $40 um, wow. and I, I, it's, it's uh, one of my biggest holdings as well personally. I, I think this is an extraordinary company and it often doesn't get recognised it because it's a pizza maker. I often yeah. think there's a snobbery in the analyst community <laughs> where <laughs> analysts won't order yeah. Domino's. I will think, oh, it's a, it's a lousy product. Why would anyone buy it? And,
2: I'm actually saying, it's actually good.
0: Uh, You would think so,
2: wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, for the kids, $5 pizza, yeah, you you order a couple of the kids, and you can get, you know, if you're adults, you want more exotic ones, they've actually added a lot of new flavors and a lot of new things, and they've done really well. Well, you know,
0: there's an interesting experiment we did that, um, well, I I ordered a Domino's pizza, about $6, and I ordered a crust pizza, which is on a retail food group, $20. Then you look at the returns on those two businesses, Domino's makes multiple of the uh, return on capital on a $6 pizza that Crust does on a $20 pizza. No, is that right? That is the definition of a wonderful business. Wow. When you can charge half your competitor's price and make three times their return on capital, you can't, how do you compete with that?
1: And and they are always being innovative. Like apparently, they're looking at six minute delivery on pizzas, so they'll have food vans, Mm. Just so they're, they're, going they're, around suburbs, and if you call up, it's, they ring the band. If you've got your Hawaiian pizza in there, they'll just deliver it within this is minutes.
0: Maybe, I would say this is a top five management team in Australia. And and again, doesn't doesn't get recognized as such. I I agree, Don's very flamboyant. He um, lives and breathes Domino's Pizza. The entire top management have all owned Domino's Pizza franchises for years. Um, When they bought into Japan, everyone laughed at them. I remember sitting in rooms where guys were thinking, look at these guys. I should just admit it, it he did. (laughs) And for the first year, for the first couple of years, they lost money. So the entire top management from Domino's moved over to Japan. They lived in Japan. Hmm. And they tweaked their offering and they learnt the local market. Japan is on track to be their most profitable Mm. market. And they haven't even scratched the surface. They can triple the size of that business. There's ample growth in Europe. This is a wonderful business. So you buy it mm-hmm. even
1: at this look, price?
0: For long, look, it's, it's not cheap, but for long-term investors, I still think okay. you make perfectly adequate returns buying at this price. Okay. But I, if I'm, I'm not selling. I'm not even contemplating okay. selling, which means I think it's, um, it's, you can contemplate buying. Well,
2: yeah. It's up there with things like Ansel, yeah. Aristocrat. It is
0: way better than Ansel. Well, the,
2: the way I look <laughs> right. at it, not not now. Ansel has now become a lot better business because of what's happened around the world. That's true. Now look at Aristocrat, things like that, because... Then they are always going to be expensive. They will go through the cycle where when they're expensive, they'll yep. come off. But those are stocks you can hold yep. because you know they're going to come back. Okay. All
1: right. Um, I There's one guy I go to for any tech stuff that I just love talking to. him. Hmm. Uh, Stephen Sheila, the ex-boss of Facebook here in Australia. Right. Just a great brain. He reckons Don is... In his top five chief executives of any listed company. Yep, there you go. said just the way (laughs) the way he thinks and is curious. But he's he's he's, he's
2: thinking ahead because the dark kitchens are going to challenge a lot of these takeaway foods. Yep, and so these guys are already moving ahead to make it harder for them to compete with them. Yep, because it's like the banks. If you wait too long, and then the other guy builds the. Mode around you, then you're stuffed. By moving ahead, you almost
1: create the mode against them.
0: Pretty sure when the guy sneezes, pizza comes out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Big raps on uh, Domino's Mm -hmm. Pizza there. Sam wants a view on Pro Medicus, the health imaging IT provider. Um, Again, a a global group as well.
0: Yeah, another very impressive business. Um, I first heard these guys present at a conference at $3 a share. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I'll go and have a look at that. And for whatever reason, I never did. Right. And so we've missed this 10-bagger, but um, it is yeah. a very good business. So, so they've come up with a, um, with a imaging technology that's, that allows um, surgeons and specialists to condense and transfer images, mm-hmm. hospital images so on, on their personal devices. To make a sale, they actually have to get inside hospitals, which is quite a difficult yeah. process. But then they get a clip on every single um, image that gets downloaded. So there's a wonderful revenue stream there. The more procedures that occur, the better the revenue is. Once you're inside a hospital, very difficult to get out. And once you start getting some momentum in hospital sales, other hospitals look around and say, oh, these guys are getting sales. They all and talk to each other at medical talk.
1: conferences, don't they? <laughs> hospitals
0: are the most risk-averse yep. assets I think I've come across. It's yeah. so hard to get in, but once you're in, uh, you can grow like like um, like nothing mm. else. Um, yeah. A great management. Uh, the, the valuation I still think is too high here. Uh, great businesses you don't want to sell very easily, uh, I'm going to go with hold. Yep. Um, but it, it is too expensive. In this kind of market, I, I think this is the sort of stock that could get hit hard, and I would keep an eye on this. Okay. If this gets um, a lot cheaper, and has, it has to get a lot cheaper, uh, it's a, it's a, it has the quality and the management and the growth to actually warrant a place hmm. in one's portfolio.
2: Yeah that, yeah, that whole sector has done well. Image, diagnostic yeah. imaging, um, you know, IDX, ima- um, yep. ca- Capital Health recently reported we were in that yep. for our models and popped to 35 um, you know, t M Envision, all of these guys are earlier <coughs> stage and they're all done well, so you could have been in any of those stocks you know, it's like the next graphite if you're in diagnostic imaging, it went yep. up, yep. it went up a lot, so it's it's been a sector thematic, it's worked well, but Gaurav's right, it's a multiple game
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: they are priced for a lot uh, and they are good no doubt, but you know, they, ha- they can't be good. They have to be phenomenal
0: now for the yeah. multiples. There's also a lot of competition in this space. It place. is. They more don't and have More, players, to more yeah. and
2: more players are coming in, different, te- yeah. slightly different technology. And then on top of that, there are global businesses. So my um, view is Aussie dollar's going to, yes, it'll be because of the pullback. but once that's finished in the medium to long term, Aussie dollar's going back. I think right. past 80 cents hmm. on a rip. Um, and so in that context, a lot of these global earners will get hit on the currency as well. So right. there's a number of things working against it. Healthcare, after five, six years of outperforming healthcare in the US, it's actually started to underperform. Ah. Okay. So the only sector that's outperforming is mining Right. because okay. of reflection. So I think you've got to be careful in healthcare here. All
1: right. Okay. Let's recap the, uh, the first five stocks. Um Vista wasn't until Mathan thought about it further. And Vista <laughs> is now uh, a yes uh from both Mathan Ma- and Gorab, Monodelphus a no. Uh Euromanganese, uh a no. But if if you want to look at manganese, look at South 32 and you get a portfolio of a lot of other base metals as well. Uh Newcrest a whole from Matha uh from Gorab, a no from Mathan, he prefers Northern Star. Uh, Dominoes: a yes for the long term from uh, from Gorab, no from Mathen, uh, just too expensive but good business. Uh, Promedicus: a um, hold from Gorev and a no from Mathen. Uh, here on the call we have our own portfolio tracking since the 1st of July, thanks to our partner Nab Trade. Any stock that gets uh, unanimous approval, like Vista has done today, goes into the portfolio. If it comes up again. And uh, the expert panel on that day says no, or is divided, it comes out. Let's see how it's going for the last uh, week, down 2% for the month, Uh, down 1%. And since July the first, up 22 and a quarter percent. Some of the stocks uh, recently added, Uh, I love doing this when uh, Nathan are over here (laughs) because they sledge all the decisions from the other panels. IDP education.
0: Wow. Uh, In, yeah. nah, mm-hmm.
1: Integral Diagnostics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Qantas, yes. Uh, United Malt, yes. IntelliHR, yeah. stocks removed. AT mil- Milk and 40 Technologies, yeah. Okay, well, we got a mixed reaction there. <laughs> They're like the two grumpy old <laughs> men from the Muppets. <laughs> up- <laughs> um, oh, That's good. Yes. Yes. Uh, to see all the stocks in the portfolio, head to co forward slash portfolio. And uh, let's start getting into uh, our second uh, second half of the call. Uh, Nathan Gill wants a view on 360 Capital Group and Investment and Funds Management Group. Um, yeah, look,
2: it's... It's just hard to, you know, when you're a data guy, this is yeah, that this it's the anti-data guy stock. Yeah, yeah. You just right. think, oh crap.
0: At least you I recognize that. Though. Yeah, I, think yeah. That's really I mean, good.
2: Yeah. I just, the only thing I left, I mean, we do modeling on everything, right? Mm. Even if you're selling cows or oranges, I don't care. I model everything. But in this one, I can't. Mm. Uh, it's purely a momentum thing. Yeah. I can understand the macro because market risk high. <laughs> this is, you're going for non-correlated earnings. You can do that in the market, which I can measure a bit more. Um, there are s- sectors that are non-correlated, but this one is really out there and you have to trust management and you have yeah. to say, I mean, they've done it well. I mean, it's done as well as what you'd have expected. Uh, it hasn't bounced back, but you know, that's what it is. Um, but there's always a risk and I, I just don't like to invest in something that I cannot measure. If I can't measure, I'm really just flying blind and hoping right. that it comes good. Yep. So it's too just too high for me.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's probably the best um be a case I've heard for 360 Capital, a lot of the time this business just does not get understood well and it doesn't screen well. And that's almost a prerequisite for me, I want to find stuff that screens badly. It's too easy just to find stocks on a low PE with a high ROE, I mean, everyone's looking for that stuff and um, there's usually something wrong with it when you find it. Um, 360 Capital is a really unusual business, so it's it's trying to be a funds management business Mm. and it's run by a fellow called Tony Pitt. And Pitt is, uh, and it's in We first came across Tony Pitt when uh, we were shareholders in Next DC, oh. and Tony Pitt came out of nowhere and um, and fought with Next DC for. Um, some of their properties, right. um, data center yeah. properties, and made very quick 50, 60 million dollars just by being a pest. Mm. <laughs> we just put that guy on the radar. Right. And then he turned up again on 360 Capital. He has a really good track record for right. making money. He's got it, he's just a machine and he's, he's tenacious. It mm-hmm. um, he might be a bit like our MinRes fellow where yeah. a lot of people might not like him, but geez, I, I he's if, there for returns. I would love to invest alongside him, and that's the opportunity you have yeah. with 360 Capital. Yeah. So he's got a funds man- management business that he's just deploying now. He's got 90 cents a share in cash, and um, investments at the moment. He's not yet collecting fees, so that's why there's no earnings or anything. Right, but you're paying four cents a share for a fund management business that could be worth you know dollars a share. Um, and you got mm. it, it's run by a guy with every incentive to do well, yeah. all his wealth is tied up into it, he's got a great track record, and he's actually looking at really interesting assets, sort of digital cloud, data, and infrastructure stuff. He's got years of experience. We own this, I own this personally. This is a low-risk um, way to actually get really good returns in the future if things work out.
2: Okay. It's, it's a good way to get alternative exposure. Right? Yes. There's no doubt the only data set i could find mm. and i always dig for data um if you look at venture capitals uh deals yep. in the us usually these guys like alternative investments tend to do well when venture capital is doing well venture capital deals have actually collapsed yeah back to pandemic lows almost close to pandemic lows so it's a good so time to buy right it is probably it a is good time up, to, yeah. yeah it's, it's right. probably a good time to look at it so mm. again it, it's an interesting one but again yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. But, say, but yeah, you, you I just uh, simple,
1: did a yeah. line before when Gorab was talking when you said he's just interested in returns. And I thought, bloody hell, you can't get better than that. Yeah, I <laughs> know, that's what i I was su- yeah. surprised <laughs> you made that comment when you said, no, no, you couldn't find out no, much no, about it. it. Well, well, look, I, I think
2: I like it in the concept of what it is, but the problem is... It's the one where, you know, I always said wh- I, why I don't like to meet management yeah. is because when they're doing well, they'll tell you they're doing well. When right. they're doing badly, they're not gonna tell you they're doing badly. Right. So what's the point of meeting them? Yeah. So the concept is if you analyze what's happening in the sector thematic and they start to tell you a few signs of things going wrong, like what's right. happening in the sector, you get out, get out. Now, in this one, I can see how he'll be motivated and it'll work well, but at the same time, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. You have to right. think, trust him.
2: Yeah, if, yeah. You, if he right. gets it wrong. I'm not a trusting person. No, I, we, uh, you know,
0: well, trust. we know that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, if, the
2: da- if the data we've comes know, through,
1: we've known if, yeah, if,
2: the, if the data comes through, I'll back okay. it. If the data's right.
1: not there, I'm not backing it. Mm-hmm. All right. Maitha, um, Mark wants a view on AGL, oh. the big uh, ed- energy company. Um, yeah, this is when I
2: really want to be that girl, that <laughs> old, old man the Muppet shows <laughs> yes, it is going down. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. How long have we been talking about this, mate. Maybe
0: five, six years we've been yeah. telling so people it it to avoid this stock. it's, yeah. Yeah. it's just. Been it, it
2: is one of those stocks where it, you've got, It and it oxygen. Yeah, it sh- like it should, be, it should be good. Look at that but chart. It, yeah, it's oh, just wow, been invisible. But horrible. but hear me out. This is the. It's the five chart. The flip chart. So the flip argument is. It is so ugly, it smells, it's just broken. There is no policy. There's not going to be an energy policy for years. I mean, this is a complete disaster sector. I mean, you just want to pull out a cannon cannon and shoot it, right? Right. This is worse than AMP in that context, right? (laughs) I think AMP can sell themselves. Nobody's going to buy these guys. It's just a complete mess, right? But that's what I like about it.
1: (laughs) Oh, Nathan. So this is like insurance companies. (laughs) Yeah, it's just
2: like, you just got to look at it and say, okay. I'm not buying it today because oh, again, right. okay. why you're looking at it is why are you buying it? It's a yield play, yeah. right? In a rising environment, it's probably going to get. If the market pulls back because of reflation, this will go a little cheaper. I actually had it on my numbers. So I was looking. Oh, I've got to give it a bit of premium. It's not going to get completely tailled up. Although in a pullback, it'll get to about 950. And I went, crap, it's already there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I went, it's like I looked at the numbers and I went, it's still falling. So you don't want to catch a falling life. And this is one of those ones where, if the market gets towed up. Right? Right. Say the market drops 10% or 15%. Um, this will probably fall that much, or if not a bit more, because there'll be few people just go, that's it, I've had enough. Right. And when that happens, this is one to buy, right. be- purely so because-
1: when it gets in the oats. Yeah.
2: It, it's, if it gets toweled up with the rest of the market you buy this thing. Because okay. there is a certain level of asset value and I I understand there'll be a massive right now. You're mad. <laughs> and,
0: and this is this is when the rules are reversed. Yeah, I you know.
2: No, Where right. I would actually yeah. go, This looks so crap, you gotta buy it. And and I said Impression of
0: me was uncanny. Yeah over. I know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and the thing is I, I actually I hate it. Hmm. I think you know there's no element of policy coming and it's just a mess. And I go, but on the numbers if it gets belted 10% from here, yep. you just go, it's pricing in like it's going broke. If okay. it doesn't go broke, you're actually coming ahead. So I think it's actually a, not bad. I think
0: there's a right. decent chance in and, uh, and oh. again, that there is And yeah.
2: again, pr- there is that risk that if, if this insanity continues, that we never have an energy policy for the next five, six years, yeah. it'll probably go into a real mess. Ah. Or, I think or it's or worse than that. I
0: don't think there's just energy policy happening here. So five years ago, we wrote an article called um, Electricity Disrupted. And that article came around because I noticed that um, post the GFC, the sector in, in Europe that had done worse than any other was electricity generation. It, did, it lost more v- value than the banks. And when wow. we dug into like what's going on here, how did a, a utility lose more money than banks in a banking crisis? Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's to do with the, the introduction and the expansion of solar in particular, but also yep. wind power. So what that does is it flattens and lowers wholesale electricity prices. And and you need to understand that when you have a generator, an electricity generator, they earn maybe a quarter of their profit from operating at 0.6% of the time. Hmm. So there are a dozen days in the year where electricity prices spike a lot and those generators would earn monstrous returns. It's like Christmas for for generators. Imagine if you took Christmas away from retailers, what their results would look like. That's effectively happened here. Rooftop solar has permanently flattened and permanently changed electricity markets. So you don't get those huge peaks Mm. anymore. On those hot days where everyone used to turn the air conditioners on and prices spiked and um, these guys made a lot of money. Um, Now rooftop solar takes over and and the the market has completely changed. That's actually destroyed the value of their generation fleet. I know on the balance sheet they're sitting on a very large asset base in generators. Mm -hmm. I think that is worth worth zero. I would value that whole generation suite as zero. What this this business has left is quite a good um, customer service business. They have millions of electricity customers. But again, um, ch- Australia is the highest churning market in the world. It is the most competitive electricity market in the world. This company is, is worth a fraction of, of its current market cap if it's only a, a services business that's, um, that's collecting right. and serving yeah. retail customers. All right. uh, this is a huge sell for me. Um, I know it's ugly and usually I'm definitely attracted to um, falling knives. I, I, I'm always looking to catch falling knives. Yeah. I, I like stuff that no one else is looking at but this is a trap. Uh, okay. The very definition of a value trap, stay away. Oh, and right.
2: I think that the easiest way to play that would be wait for the first upgrade. When it gets There's not that, going to be any upgrade. And, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and it could be, it could be. It could uh, it be, be, could be a long time, but I, I time. think, I think, the macro globally is changing. That we, I think, in the next couple
1: of years, we will get an energy policy. Okay.
0: We should do Origin next week because that has its own story as well. Yes. Well, yeah.
1: that's just as bad as it? All right. Um, Gorab Dino wants a view on Macquarie Telecom. Ah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're going to the other end of <laughs> yes. the scale now. Um, telecommunications company, um, um, not only in communicate cloud services and also has data centers. Uh, really focuses on the big end corporate and government customers.
0: Yeah, again, one of the best businesses you have never heard of. Um, mm. We we upgraded this under twenty dollars, um, and I, I reckon it's still it's still possibly cheap. Um, so this is part. This, this is probably best known as being a telco for businesses, and has yep. a very good reputation. It makes about twenty million dollars a year doing that. That's X Growth, Um, they need to change this name because the vast bulk of the business is actually a data center business. Mm, They built out um, a couple of very large data center facilities in Sydney, there's a small one in Canberra, Um, and those should generate um, maybe 80 to 100 million dollars in operating profits. Um, over the next few years, they're currently going through a big expansion phase. I love management here because when you can, comp- we are NextDC and this. Right. NextDC raises a lot of debt. They spend hundreds of millions of dollars up front to build their facilities, and then they get people in. These guys sell off the property, um, self finance, internally generate the cash flow, and build tranche by tranche. So very mm. low risk, and they do that because the two brothers who run it own about fifty percent of the yeah. stock. So right, <laughs> incredibly right. risk averse a wonderfully managed company, um, and I still think, so this is what, a $2 billion business? They're probably gonna make $100 million, um, and and I still think it's actually okay. I know it looks a little bit expensive, but you have to understand there's a big big chunk of growth coming up that'll flatten the PE. So I actually think this is still okay
2: yeah it's look it's a really high quality business it's just illiquid um, yes you're right it's, it's very it's very liquid illiquid. yeah so if you're you know the the, the big bouncers i've come through massive upgrade cycle um and you're chasing with very little liquidity yeah. or when fund managers come in and buy a massive chunk you just can't buy a massive chunk yeah. unless those you know the founders want to sell out which i don't think they want to yeah and they don't have to um so in that context they don't care about getting in the index they, you know brokers have been pushing that concept for years just don't care um, they're doing well they're, you know it's, it's a really well managed it's a good retail business yeah. i mean sorry it's a good for retail investors mm-hmm. to buy and hold um, i just think it, you know you look at the numbers and the moves it's made it'll keep going higher you know it's a yeah. good you know it, if you look at the chart in the last couple of years it probably looks very similar to Infratel. um but funny enough underlying business they both yeah. got data centers and stuff but they're very well managed businesses okay. so i don't have a problem with it i just think it, you're just not going to get big runs, and it's not yeah. sexy, and no broker's going to cover it
1: too much. See, Pro Medicus founders, they had a program over two years, didn't they, of selling down to improve liquidity? Cause yeah. They, they wanted to get into the index and back. become bigger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, Will, um, Nathan wants a view on Tesseret, the, um, the cybersecurity uh, provider. Yeah, look at us. Yeah,
2: we, we've, in you know, end. when the day when uh, Scott Morrison uh, came out and said, talked yeah. about cyber security <laughs> when they got, you know, everyone was getting hit. Yep. We were we were ahead of that. I think the stocks people were looking at were Tesserant, White Hawk, yes. uh, and uh, Yeah, So I've been there. Um, so now, is t- one of those ones. Uh, look, I, I think it's an interesting stock. It's, you're not, this is, this is not dominoes. Um, you know, you don't have a mm. business that's earning a fair bit. This is early stage technology. Um, you put a bit in, high risk. Um, mm. they, I think they just had their up, uh, quarterly, I think, uh, and it's coming off a bit. It's a tech stock. It'll burn cash. It'll need probably more cap raising. Um, I think it's an interesting area, but it's very hard to pick a particular stock and see how it plays out because it's so early in the story. Yeah. I think the cyberspace is I'm sorry, sorry, security is massive, mm. um, and I think there's a lot of runway. Question is, who's going to come out of it? Look, yeah. you put and a, some
1: big players. Yeah, so in, in context,
2: I, I think you're doing okay if you put a couple in there, a little bit of money, and don't look at it for a year, see what happens. But yep. it's not your investment
1: strategy; it's just a punt. Okay, so worth a punt? Yeah, I think if you it's a see punt. it as a punt, go ahead. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Do not need to say anymore?
1: <laughs> <laughs> not good because we're running out of time. Yeah. Um, Do we add to that,
0: or is that uh, is, is, is yeah, that just enough? a quick one? Look, it's just a it's a roll-up, and it's caught in this huge uh-huh. narrative. It, it, it's acquiring its way yep. into um, into getting bigger and bigger. All its earnings come from acquisitions. It's selling you a thematic, and this thematic happens to be very. Popular There's, a yeah. groups, right? yeah. There's a few people
2: have done this, and right. There's <coughs> a few people have done this over time. the Cybersecurity, getting into that, but it just hasn't eventuated yep. into a model. So
1: it's a tough. Yeah. All right, uh, our final stock, uh, Tobias wants a view on carbon revolution. Oh. Uh, Gorab, which is basically makes mag wheels, does
0: Yeah, uh, well, that and a little bit. I'm a huge car nut. So in the office, any right. business that has to do with cars, I get it's automatic like coverage. Yeah. Lexus LFA. Oh. Yeah, there's only two in Australia. They're about $1 million each. It oh. goes up every year. Um, oh. I don't think Oliver own one. No. <laughs> but I own a, a big so, V8 so there you go. No, well, I never I don't think Oliver get like I love car. the
1: Eleanor. There was 67 Mustang. Oh, I think right. That's a work of art. 67 Mustang. Mustang. Yeah, right. Out of... um do you love the movie Gone in sixty seconds? Yeah, I've seen it. Just great, great cage, movie, one movie. One of the greatest, yeah, yeah, yeah. And early Angelina Jolie. Yes, yes, yes. that's right. And it was yeah. all about steel. I think that's the only Steering part watch I yeah, don't yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Anyhow, back to it. carbon
0: revolution. Yeah. So uh, what what this business does is um, it, they make um, uh, carbon fiber wheels. Um, carbon fiber is a very difficult substance to work with um, because you have to weave the stuff together. Yep. So th- these guys, f- uh, don't think about this as a wheel company. What they've managed to oh. do is they've come up with a way of manufacturing large-scale carbon fiber into specific molds um, in s- using a single structure. I, I think about this in the way that they've, they're currently using their manufacturing technology to sell wheels, but later down the track, I think there's a whole lot of applications for the way they actually manufacture carbon fiber, it's quite revolutionary. Mm -hmm. Um, As a wheel producer, they've actually done reasonably well, they they are the OEM manufacturer for Ford GT, which is a huge supercar, Um, many Ferrari models, lots of um, bespoke supercars are choosing um, carbon revolution Mm -hmm. wheels. As far as I know, they're the only manufacturer who can do a single piece carbon fiber um, wheel, um, and I'm, I'm waiting for them to then flip over and start manufacture of other um, large-scale carbon fibre bits and pieces. Right. I think this is a really interesting business. The valuation doesn't make a lot of sense to me at the moment, but as if you want to hold a little bit and put it in the bottom drawer, okay. there's a, keep an eye on it. There's a lot yeah. of interesting stuff coming out of this one. It's on my watch list. It probably should be on yours yep. too.
2: Okay. Yeah, they are doing it. Uh, the interesting part is they're trying to do a few more things into the aerospace. Yep, yeah, that that yeah. would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, if that, yeah, I mean, okay. with the weight and so forth, it kind yeah, of plays yeah. really well, yeah, yeah. right? So you know, th- that's what you're you're betting on them being able to yeah. transfer their skill base into. You would think that they are probably got a better shot than anyone else. So um, it, you know, grabs right. This is a bit like Tesla, but it's probably much better. Higher, qu- better chance of success um, in the context that you are putting money into something that's going to potentially be something. It's not an investment strategy per se right now but it's mm. one of those ones that you look and go that could be something okay. now it's like 3d printing uh, I, you know it could be something and there will be a winner um mind you back in the day i tried to pick the uh, competitor for google that worked out uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the risk yeah 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 but yeah. it is worth you know i did do that just before yeah. dot com right. so it's my memory uh, um <laughs> and that, uh, so in that context i think you put a bit of money and yeah. see how it goes and if they develop okay. into something then you follow up but right. look i think it's interesting
1: all right. Okay. Thank you for that, Tobias. Let's recap the uh, the final five stocks: um, uh, 360 uh, cap um, uh, Gorav likes the founder. Um, so um, yes, says he. has got no from uh, uh, from Mathan because um, he doesn't like people talking to people. <laughs> we've, uh, he just confirmed that to us. Um, AGL a disaster, really ugly. Mathan would be interested if it got down into the $8. Uh, Gorab wouldn't just touch it at any price. Um, Macquarie uh, Telecom, a yes from Gorab, a no from Maithan. uh worth a punt um, from Mathen, a no from Gorab um, and Carbon Revolution uh, on um, Gorab's watch list and worth a punt. For a little bit, you know, one of those uh, ones that you dribble a bit of money into and see how it goes from uh, from Mathen. Chaps, good to see you. Good to be here. Always Likewise. a lot yeah. of fun on a, on a Monday afternoon. Um, if you want to send any stocks to us um, that you want to put towards our panel, uh, flick us an email at thecall at osbiz.com today or tweet us at TV. Remember, uh, you can see the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, coming up on The Pulse, uh, Chief Executive of Right, Dominic O'Hanlon, um, is coming up in 20 minutes or so as he runs us through the company's half-year results. That's at 1.20. Also on the Startup Daily Show from 2 o'clock, Gary McKenzie from uh, Relief, as he launches a crowdfunding raise for his medical cannabis franchise group. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of other venture capitalists on Startup Daily as usual. So a lot happening this afternoon on Ausbiz. Don't go away, back after the break.